Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Here's today's episode. In this conversation, I chat with the number 89 WTA doubles player in the world, Ingrid Neal. This is a really fun conversation. Ingrid has a great personality, a very strategic mindset, so I think you'll get a lot out of this. Uh, I caught up with her at the ATX Open between her first and second rounds. Uh, She had won her first round with her partner 6-3-6-1 against two players who she had previously played with, and she knew their game very well. So I talk about how she uh, handled that, um, knowing their game so well and with them knowing her game so well. Um, We also talk about how she handles playing with new doubles partners. She has played with more partners in the last year than you can imagine. Um, So she talks about what she does to prepare when playing with someone new uh, before a tournament um, and how they make adjustments uh, during their first couple of matches. Um, so this is a really fun conversation uh, with Ingrid. Like I said, she's got a great personality, um, thinks very strategically and tactically on the court. Um, so hopefully we'll uh, be able to do a round two with her at some point because she has a lot of great insights. So without further delay, enjoy this conversation with Ingrid Neal. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today we have number 89 WTA doubles player Ingrid Neal. Welcome, Ingrid. Thanks so much for having me on. So we're here in Austin. Uh, This one is being recorded outside for the first time, and it is absolutely perfect weather with a really nice view of the lake. Uh, How has Austin been so far? Zero complaints. I love it here. I was just saying, like, the club is one of the nicest, like, we've been to, the area Mm -hmm. that the hotel is. Like, those are the things that I think the players, like, care most about in their... Mm -hmm. They're at the top, so it's been a great couple of days so far, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun for a year one tournament. Um, and you're into the quarterfinals. Uh, y'all won 6-3, 6-1 yesterday. Uh, talk about the match a little bit and then what went right. And, and what do y'all do after a match like that when you win in kind of convincing fashion? Do you focus on that a lot, or do you just look ahead to the next day and talk about the next matchup? What is your process after a match like that? So that was the first time Olivia and I had ever played a match together before. So, you know, it's a new it's a good start. new thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it went well for that for a first time. Um, and we were we were kind of learning each other's games and tendencies like during the match. The our opponents, um, I know super well because I played with both of them um, as like former doubles partners for a while and they're like good friends. So there's no secrets coming into that match as far as like how they know that we're going to try to play and vice versa. And also Olivia had played them 
three times in the last four weeks. Oh. So, and I played them two weeks ago in a final in Mexico. So very, very familiar. So you have that is a different dynamic than playing a -hmm. team that you're, you know, never played before. Yeah. Um, But I definitely said, you know, I want to be the one to kind of make the decisions and force the play Mm -hmm. the way, like, I want it to be structured. So if I'm going to move, like, I want to be the first one to create the poaches and stuff and not let them dictate because as soon as they, you know, get those first serves in or return and come in, you know, whoever kind of establishes the net position was going to be more successful. And to start the match, uh, we were actually down, like, 3-1 and Mm -hmm. game points for them to go 4-1. So... These matches can turn very, very quickly, especially with the no ad. And we were just like, okay, just, you know, stay the course. And I think we both got more comfortable, started making less errors. And then it was really just, um, we kind of felt, got into a rhythm and we were like, we're not going to change things because it's it's working well. And I felt that I was very happy, mostly with my like net play, because that's kind of my main strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so then now looking at the next round, which is tomorrow, most likely. So we knew yeah. we'd have a day of practice. We're like, probably get to play another team in practice, just more point situations, but also take like maybe 45 minutes and then just do like couple specific drills of like one or two patterns or plays that we felt could have either you know helped us more yesterday or will help us in the next match and I usually review the matches um which is very nice at this level they're all recorded so you just kind of look at a few things and sometimes your perception of what happened isn't the same as (laughs) when you watch the video so that's why it's useful yeah that's funny yeah I have the same thing I record some of my matches and feel (laughs) the same way um so a couple follow-ups on that uh so when you're playing a team that you're so familiar with how much it's like I know their weakness they know I know their weakness like how do you approach that so yes the you know exactly kind of like what you're going to get given a certain like placement of your serve. You're like, Mm -hmm. I know that this side, you know, they're going to either make it more often and the other side maybe is a little more like Mm -hmm. susceptible to errors or I know where they're going to target. So with that in mind, you almost go a few shots ahead in each point, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like, when you don't know the opponents, you're like, ah, I got to feel it out and I got to mix it up. Mm -hmm. But for those, we're like, okay, we know what's coming. Now we just have to decide what the play is, maybe based on the score. And you kind of have to get in their head. It's almost a little bit of, like, poker and chess at that point. Like, okay, so I, you know, did a first ball move. Maybe I'm just going to, like fake hope it comes to me if not like make that second ball move so those are the things that like we were just yesterday really trying to like almost keep a tally of like how many times we did a certain play so we were almost like predicting maybe what they were going to do and look Mm -hmm. if they you know decide to hit line or they you know start adjusting to like they're they started lobbing a bit because I was closing then you just have to like adjust again But you, the thing is, we kind of knew what their options were because I know that they want to come in. I know that they're capable of like chipping and stuff. They have good variety in their game. So it was all about mitigating that, I'd say. Right. So you mentioned you and Olivia, this was your first match together. And and during the match, it sounds like y'all were figuring out 
each other's styles. Uh, and I was looking at your uh, matches over the last year or so, and you've played with a lot of different partners. <laughs> I started to count, and I was going to ask you if you knew, but I just stopped I, counting. So actually, <laughs> randomly, someone was asking me last week, um, just someone who's like in tennis, a friend, he's like, how many different partners do you have? And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to have to actually like look, look at this. I think it was 20 or like 18 oh different partners in one year last year oh um, after I had uh, stopped playing with the girl we played yesterday, actually, Lashemia, yeah. that we played together for a full year. And then we uh, found different people to play with, but 18 to 20, whatever that was. Oh and it hasn't been any different this year. I think yeah. I've played, this is my, I want to say like fourth tournament, four different partners okay. already. So we're <laughs> We're already Just keep four for four, which is not what I want. This is not ideal. Okay, I was going to um, No, the goal is to find someone for sure because that's when you can start building. Mm -hmm. And I really think, like, it's not about, oh, how do you do the first couple times? It's, like, you sure. get, you know, you work on things, and that's doubles is a team sport. So it can only help to play with someone consistently. Yeah. So, so when you do have a new partner like you do this week, uh, you said you start to figure some stuff out during the match, but I imagine there's a lot of stuff you'll sit down and talk about before you actually play. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your process for that. And then if you can get a practice or two in before, do you like to focus on mostly just talking things out or like get actual sets in or what the, do you like to do? The sets are important because okay. then you learning like a little on the fly. And mm -hmm. I think... A lot of times, you know, you come with that new partner and you're like, what side do you, you have to start from like the basics, you know, yeah. like what side do you play? What would benefit us most? What are our strengths? Mm -hmm. And maybe what are the things that you find that you need someone to like compliment? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like the point play is really where you learn like where they where they cover, what shots they, they, they kind of favor. And then that helps me decide, OK, like how am I going to set them up? Mm -hmm. you know, and play like for the other person. Um, in this case, I knew Olivia a bit because we had practiced together a bunch at the Australian Open. And okay. to be honest, uh, most of the girls at these tournaments, we've run into sure. so many times. So you have an idea. And that's also yeah. how you get your partners. Like sometimes, you know, someone's like, ooh, let's try. Or they think, you know, that game style is not going to work. And you never kind of yeah. get on the same side as them. But I would say we had a few days going into it um, this week and we didn't decide until kind of last minute like what side we were going to play. But once we decided, we were like, okay, this is, that makes sense. And obviously we can be very adaptable and like switch mid-match if it has to be. You know, we're pretty, sure. I think the good news with us is we're very like easy and open to adjusting strategies. We're not like set in our ways. Okay, got it. Um so you said you would prefer to have a consistent partner uh, for a lot of obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, describe your ideal doubles partner's playing style. I've thought about this. <laughs> um, so I would, maybe in a perfect world, it would be someone a little like the Brian Brothers style where you like lock down the net and you're kind of a wall and you're always like the shot selection, especially the net play overhead like those kind of things mm -hmm. are the focus because yeah. that's really Another like we're, look we're not there's a reason like i don't play singles anymore so i don't 
think that me like hanging from the baseline in like long mm -hmm. rallies cross court is mm -hmm. going to beat the players that do that for a living at the top of yeah. the game in singles. So that's where like kind of personally I am, but it's rarer on the women's side to find someone that does yeah. like come forward on is as comfortable as they are from the back. So sometimes I think, okay, maybe it's like the um, someone that sets me up like with a big serve, like one, two punch, and then I'm there to like close down. So it could be either one, mm -hmm. but I would say ideally if yeah. someone were, you know, a bit like the same style, because then it's just like, you know, where to, you're, you're just this like tandem unit, I would say. And that right. I feel would be just super fun as well. And it would throw off a lot of other teams because I don't think they see that that often, but yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to be uh, like picky or anything. Just, yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's your ideal yeah, partner. Yeah. So you get to choose whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah build I, your own like, avatar, right? Um, yeah, like Taylor Townsend, who's here, obviously like she serves in volleys. Louisa Stefani gets to the net and is really good up there, but you're right, there's not a ton uh, on the women's they're, side. That, those are prime examples yeah. of, and they're so good at that. And I've, it was a long time ago. I played with both of them and thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. They're great players. Um, yeah. So we're at 11 minutes, so I know you got to go. Uh, last question. How can we make doubles more popular? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so I was thinking that, I don't know if this would be in the popularity category, but I would love to play maybe regular scoring. Keep the super if you, sure. if, you know, just to not have the matches go, you know, endless hours, especially for people like singles players that want to do both or um, do two out of three full sets. I don't, I'm so used to no add in 10 pointers, so it's not that I feel, you know, that's like bad, but I don't know if that necessarily, you would think that would make it more exciting, but... I think if people really want to like enjoy the essence yeah. of tennis, it's the it's the deuce add deuce add like yeah. that it just builds this that thing. The I, I really yeah. think, and I think there's more of a like a storyline to it. Um, mm -hmm. As far as like just, I get so much feedback that people do love watching the doubles. That's mostly where the recreational mm -hmm. players they play that they relate to that and they think the game is so quick yeah. and they find it really exciting. I don't know how to necessarily like monetize that more, yeah. but I that's would be a dream. And I think, you know, just the more exposure and things like this that we can get, you know, people talking about and listening to is only good. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. So yeah, hopefully, great uh, job. hopefully we can get there. Um, Ingrid, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and maybe we'll do a round two at some point. Yeah, I really appreciate it. That was a really quick 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Doubles Only Podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, 
and Facebook or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.